This is the Happen to Your Career Podcast, episode 187. I think after a while, I was starting to wonder about my impact and connecting with people and wondering, is this the best use of my skills? And I remember people saying, oh man, but you've got the dream. And it kind of raises a red flag if people say, you have the dream, you think, yeah, there's a lot of truth to that, but something feels off right now, at least for what I think I'm looking for. This has happened to your career. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and then make it happen. Whether you're looking to do your own thing or find your dream job, you've come to the right place. I'm Scott Barlow. Fear was stopping me from making that career change. I was paralyzed into my situation. Meet Caesar. He was getting frustrated trying to figure out the right career on his own. The fact that I was applying through a whole bunch of job boards and getting no responses uh, was very frustrating to me. Take a listen for Caesar's story later on in the episode to learn how he finally figured out what fits him. I transitioned into a, another career completely different to what I did in an industry that I'm passionate about. This is Scott Anthony Barlow, and you are listening to Happen to Your Career, the show that helps you figure out what work fits you by exploring other stories. We get to bring on experts like Gia Kanesh, who helps eliminate career burnout, and like Reagan Hillier, who found herself burnt out in her career and decided to make a huge life change. These are people that are just like you. They've gone from where they are to what they really want to be doing. Today's guest is Rebecca Maddox. So after I take the bar in August, I'm looking forward to joining a firm in Fresno, California, where I will be doing, essentially doing litigation and using all of those tools and things that I learned in law school and putting them to good use. In this conversation with Rebecca, we got to talk pretty deeply about how many people that are high performers and have good jobs, or at least it appears on the outside from, you know, good jobs or great jobs that a lot of times the people surrounding us don't want us to change and that's holding us back. And she did a phenomenal job of, of working through that in a way that was honest for her and also radically authentic for the people that she is interacting with too. And so we dive deep into how to do that as well, because honestly, relationships are the things that can help us, but also hold us back at the exact same time. So we also dive deep into some specific ways to be able to make, make career change and, and do so in a way that, that feels good to those, those same folks that are around you. And sometimes it doesn't too. So diving back deep into the cobwebs. Yes. Let's bring out those cobwebs. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I decided to go to law school back, I think it was my junior year of college, no one else in my family had gone to law school. And before yeah. all of this, I had actually been thinking, oh, I want to go to med school. And then I took calculus and chemistry at the same time, freshman year. And there's nothing quite like that to like really make, make you reconsider your priorities in life. 
It's like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know if this is right for me. That totally cracks me up, but I'm curious why you, why you say that for people that may have not been through that particular experience. I know quite a few actually, but uh, sure. if, if they haven't been, what, why do you say that? Well, I came in thinking I was a math and science person coming into college. And then after taking chemistry and calculus, it, I mean, these are pressure cooker kinds of classes because they're meant to oh, yeah. feed out all the weaklings. And then <laughs> I say weaklings with quotation marks too. They're supposed to weed out the people who are just maybe are waffling and they're trying to just bring out the people who are completely and totally dedicated. Yeah. And I remember getting back a grade on one of those tests and it was I think a 50 something average and there was no curve I thought this is insane the pat the, like average on this test is failing I don't know what I'm doing so I reconsidered everything I went on a longer journey with taking environmental science courses learning more about environmental policy going into women and gender classes and policy I took a class I think on feminist jurisprudence and that opened my eyes to the idea of huh I find this fascinating. What if the law is actually something I want to do? And I remember telling my parents, I wanted to go to law school. And they said, really? <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> really? Sure. Are you sure? And I took the LSAT. Um, I did an internship with a community group where attorney was representing the community, community group in front of a zoning commission. And I thought, this is just incredible. Yeah. So I ended up going to law school because I like the idea of how you could use advocacy and arguments to like build a foundation to achieve something for someone. Because I think ultimately at the end of the day, I, I wanted to help people and that's what moved me towards law school. I ended up going to law school at the University of Maryland. And, yeah. and after I went to school there, I realized I've never been involved in politics. I guess fast forwarding, I realized, you know, I've had experience in undergrad with some environmental sort of organizing stuff back in the day. I now have experience in the law, but I've never looked at politics, which feels like another factor in something that's close to me now that I'm in Maryland and DC is not very far away. Oh no. What if, like, I don't have kids. I don't have a house. What if that's something worth trying? I love that you're asked you at that point in time asked the well what if it is something worth trying that is <laughs> that is that's super interesting and super cool. Yeah, it's I decided to kind of start just go start talk, talking to a few people of where do people even start? Where do you even go? What does this mean? And I ended up connecting with an office in DC and I remember at the time I ended up working working there cuz it was 2013 recession was still hitting hard for lawyers. And I said, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> I think it was because all of that, I've gotten like, people have told me that I'm scrappy. You just kind of go and you see what's out there and you kind of put your neck out there and see what you can get. That's why that part of my life led from the law into politics. And then I did that for a couple of years. That's interesting. So before you did that, it sounds like you ended up going in and talking to a few different people before you con got connected up with that, with that organization. But who were the types of people that you sought out to try and find out, Hey, what, what even is politics? Like, what, what does all this mean? Like where, who were those types of people or who were those folks in your life? Oh yeah. That, no, that's a great question because coming from my family, my family is filled 
my my extended family, my immediate family, it's filled with teachers, some doctors, you know, no one <laughs> knew anything much about connecting in with politics. Yeah. And I remember a friend at school was involved more with politics and there was an intern coordinator who handled more political internships for the school. And she said, you should go talk to her. And I said, okay. And I think my, in general, my best, the way I found most of my internships or experiences while in school is definitely through teachers. Teachers saying, hey, you're, you should be connecting into externships. Hey, you should be connecting into these things. They kind of acted as mentors to shepherd me through. And getting into politics in general is just, it's a tough game. I mean, everyone, everyone's coming in trying to prove their self-worth and it's a lot of networking and it's a lot of meeting people for coffee and trying to figure out we have a connection to their, to their state, to their political beliefs, to their office, to someone in their office. It kind of helps to strip the green <laughs> as I've, as I've um, phrased it, kind of strips the, the greenness off. So become a little bit quicker. Uh, off of you very quickly. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you become no longer green almost immediately <laughs> as you right. as you move into that. That's really interesting. I think a lot of people don't realize how much relationship building, networking, etc. is involved in when they think about politics. Because mm-hmm. ultimately that's that's kind of the way stuff gets done or accomplished, or vice versa, lack of accomplishment in in that in that world and it's as i've gotten to know more people that are involved in politics in one way or another i just naively didn't realize that which is the same way in every other area of life too but mm-hmm. i just i totally for some reason didn't <laughs> didn't click with that until like 7 years ago or so it's an amazingly small world once you start yeah. to get into it uh, i mean there's kind of this catch 22 if you want to go work for Congress, they say, okay, first you need to have experience to go before you go with congressional something and something in politics before you get, before you can be considered. But then you say, well, I need the job to get experience so I can be considered. So that's where the politics comes in is when you're trying to say, okay, here's some kind of connection. Here's some kind of connection we have. Here's something you have to your office. And you realize that the political world is relatively small. Everyone kind of knows people floating around and heck, there are even publications that track who's moving where at what time. So it's a very, everyone's very aware of what's going on. Yeah. But I know that because you and I had a conversation maybe, I don't know, seven, eight months ago or something, which was the first time you and I had had met um, after you found HTYC. And at that point in time, you were less excited, so I say, mm-hmm. about about being in DC and being involved in the political arena. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, that's fair to say. I would say during oh, my time there, it was it is really exciting. It is really interesting because you're dealing with some very big issues and everything's dynamic. Yeah. It's changing all the time, and you work with some very motivated, very intelligent people. Yeah, and some very diplomatic and great people to work with. But at the same time, it's sometimes working at 50,000 feet, you know, feeling like you're kind of hovering above ground. If you start, I think after a while, starting to wonder about 
my impact and connecting with people and wondering, is this the best use of my skills? And I remember people saying, oh man, but you've got the dream. And <laughs> it kind of raises a red flag if people say you have the dream and you think, yeah, there, there, there's a lot of truth to that, but something feels off right now, at least for what I think I'm looking for. Yeah. And I think in that moment, I started looking for a career coach because when you're in a position, especially that you've worked really hard to get, they've put in a lot of time, a lot of years, and you're thinking, okay, right, this feels right. It feels like I'm, I'm gaining experience. I'm gaining some, a little bit of, uh, um, you know, have a good reputation here. I've got something going. It's hard to talk to other people it's hard to know who to talk to, to say, Hey, I'm wondering if there's something else out there for me or to say, Hey, even to your family, to your loved ones say, Hey, I'm not sure if this will be my forever fit, or maybe this is the best fit for me in terms of like my goals or what I'm thinking right now, because everybody has their own bias. Everybody, you know, like your family supported you in getting used to this position. They want to see you happy, but they also are wondering, why would you leave? Why would you do anything? Why would you stay? Why would you stay? And, or why would you ever consider leaving really? So it kind of, it's the dream. It's it's the the dream. dream. And granted, there were a lot of opportunities, great opportunities, great people to work with again. um, It's just kind of thinking, okay, so, but for me and my skills and what I'm thinking next for my own personal move, what are my options? How should I be thinking about this? I think having a little bit of an outside perspective there of someone who can, call you out maybe when you're not taking accountability for everything in your sphere, or maybe someone who can point things out or help you navigate it. I think that's what I was looking for. Interesting. So I'm curious, just diving back for a, for a half a second, because it sounds like you were, you were having fun with, with some areas of it. And as you got in there was, there was different levels of excitement and things that totally jived with what you were interested in, at least at the time. What really started you down the path of either realizing that it had changed or that you wanted something different? What happened in between there mm-hmm. that that caused you to have a difference of opinion from when, when you went in and when you were, were having fun of it with it initially? I started thinking about, I think I started feeling a little disconnected. Sometimes we would start working on an issue and then something else would become more politically important to be working on or focusing on. So jumping around, you know, you have a lot of loose, there were loose ends. And I thought, okay, am I, what am I accomplishing here? And it, I started feeling a little bit of that disconnect. And then also uh, there's the sort of, there's a thoroughness impact, but also the, the depth of the issue where when you're working on like a higher level on issues, you're trying to, you don't want to dive too deep into the weeds, but you're all, but you also need to create something. So I became a very versatile generalist <laughs> uh, looking at different issues across the spectrum, but it was diving into, I think when you're running on an inch deep mile wide, yeah. You know, some people thrive in that thrive in that environment. They see the bigger forces and they enjoy just kind of, you know, staying a little bit in the substance, but mostly on the bigger forces and political forces and navigating that. But for me, I found that 
this is all very exciting. I would love to have something where I get to dive deep more into, be more of an expert on, sink my teeth into more. And I, so I started, so I started reconsidering my impact and as well as my ultimately, how did I want my, my ideal office, how, at least for how I get my rewards out of work, what makes sense yeah. It's like having a big policy issue work, or is it more of a one-on-one -on -one relationship with a client, like that kind of work? And I thought, actually, I think it's the client. I just started piece by piece picking things off. And sometimes too, when you're in that environment, you know that something's not working, but you're not quite sure what. And it sometimes can be hard to hear your voice in that space. And I think I was, and too, on top of all of this, um, my heart, you know, my heart in terms of my job was starting to kind of wonder. And then also my heart was also somewhere else. Like my significant other was, he was out on the campaign trail. And at that point in time, I thought, okay, how are we going to get ourselves in the same place? <laughs> We've been doing long distance for a long time. Yeah. So there was a little bit of that coming in. There was that coming into play as well, where I thought, okay, I need, I'm trying to hold it all together, but something's going to get eventually. Um, what makes sense for me? That's super interesting on a variety of levels. Un partially because you began to recognize that being a overall generalist and not getting to go deep was something that you were missing quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, you had uh, some needs and wants life changes. You know, and at like, how are we, how are we going to get, how are we going to stop doing this long distance relationship? And uh, so you had a couple of things pulling in different areas. And for one, super cool that you recognized the need for change. Cause I think a lot of people will just keep going. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I encounter them all the time where people just keep on going <laughs> rather than acting on that, that need or want for change. Uh, so kudos to you, first of all. <laughs> I mean, no, thanks. I, I, it's, when you're in the zone, I think, or when you're doing this, especially if you've had a lot of time and energy vested into it and, there are a lot of things, you know, it's not usually black and white. It's not like a voice from yeah. God comes down yeah. unless you just happen to be those lucky up. people, right? That sees the burning yeah. bush and you're like, oh yeah, there's the burning bush. Cool. I got my instructions. Let's, let's grow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for me, it was, you know, it's, uh, I don't remember who told me this or where I read this, but it's like the little things you start feeling a little itch Yep. and you say, maybe maybe am i crazy and so you think yeah you know everything else is going on uh, let's just keep going with this or maybe it's just me maybe like i did i did that for a while where i thought okay i need to make sure i'm not handling this correctly i need to you know go running i need to make sure i'm getting my energy out i need to make sure i'm um following up on where i've made mistakes and try not to do those again i need to be like accountable i need to you know you try to fix all the other things but there was a moment for me, I think, I don't know, I, I would say for other listeners, if there's a moment where you know something's really off, whether it's like that moment where you snap at someone, you didn't realize you didn't mean to, and it went way beyond what you normally are, and you think this is not where I'm supposed to be. This is something's wrong. 
I would say listen to that. Um, I think my moment was, this was a long time before I made my move out of DC, but at the moment I yeah. went into the dentist's office, they did an x-ray of my molars and the nerves just looked like scrambled eggs. Um, I'm not out of my twenties. And they said, look, you are clenching your teeth so hard at night from stress that you have messed up your nerve endings. And if you keep going like this, you're going to need root canals for all four teeth by the time you're 30. And I just, it kind of made me sit down and say, something's wrong. Something's really wrong. So I, um, and I kind of try to like, just, you know, keep where just keep swimming, just keep swimming, right. Keep going, keep going. You can do it. Just keep focused. Everyone goes and runs into issues like this. And then eventually something starts to get and say, you know, maybe it doesn't have to, maybe something is off. And I, I think the hard part of that for me was negotiating with my family and friends. Um, not just in the workplace. Cause I'm trying to be a professional, right. You're trying to dedicate yourself, but then, the hard part with family and friends is explaining, Hey, I'm going to go work. On, I'm interested in this idea. Um, I would really appreciate your support. I'm, I think it's worth a shot for me to kind of look into. I was burned out. You know, I realized that I was actually following the wrong things, the wrong intentions. I wanted out. Caesar was transitioning from the law industry to a completely different field. When I realized that I wanted to change and I tried to do the process myself, you know, the fact that I was applying through a whole bunch of job boards and getting no responses uh, was very frustrating to me. To get that one interview, I blew it because I wasn't prepared. He turned to HTYC's Career Change Bootcamp to get over the frustration and take the right first step. It helped me first and foremost to get over my mental barriers. It helped me confirm my strengths that I may have known before, but it was great to just come to that assurance that these are my strengths and I need to continue a path where I can utilize my strengths to the full potential. Caesar took the things he learned out of the boot camp to take action and be noticed for what he was great at. It helped me thinking of ideas that I can do to be able to establish and enhance those relationships and stand out. Congratulations to Caesar on finding work that he loves. If you also want to find that fulfilling career that lights you up and gives you purpose, find out how Career Change Bootcamp can help you do this step-by-step step to not just understand what it is, but also actually make the transition. All you have to do is go to happen to your career there is a process and Scott has the career change experience. He's going to give you a lot of great insights on how that works. How did you handle some of those conversations? Because I think that's a, that's a real thing for nearly everybody. Even if you've got a fairly supportive family, like if, if you're on that end of the spectrum and have family that understands, it's still like a big gap. And it's like, well, why? <laughs> Right. Or the other questions that come up. So I'm curious, how how did you approach some of those conversations? Right. Um, you know, the hard part when you're thinking of making a change in your life is that either I've run into several reactions. People are usually nervous and they want to be helpful. Uh, loved ones in particular want to be helpful, but yeah. they 
oftentimes don't know how to approach the issue. I've had ranging issues of people saying, well, what? just go do what you love. Go do what you love. And I think, well, that's kind of broad. Just, <laughs> I was just, the just go do it. Just I, start just doing do it. it. Just, you know. <laughs> yeah. Or um, I even once had someone ask me, well, what's the one thing that you need in life? And I had to look back at them honestly and say, I don't know, food, clothing, shelter? Like, where are we going with this, right? So Water, obviously. <laughs> water. <laughs> Thanks for that piece of information. <laughs> Vote one for water. Water's popular right now. Yeah, we... <laughs> so I would say I walk... So in approaching yeah. that, I think I had to realize that, like, why I was feeling vulnerable in my search or feeling and think, trying to think broadly... I had to realize that other people are feeling a little thrown off kilter because they too are wanting good things for you, but also, you know, think of you in a certain way. So having those honest, honest and open conversations is really important. And for people who truly didn't understand who are angry, um, which I ran into a fair amount as well. Really? I did. We've seen, like, as we've worked with different people, we've seen a lot of that happen. And it seems like there's a variety of reasons why that can occur, but it, it, yeah, it's something that (laughs) I think most people don't expect when they're thinking about going through this. So this is, this is interesting and good that you're bringing it up. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, and I think that was one thing, you know, as I thought about us talking today, that was something that came up for me because I think that was something that threw me off kilter in my job search was just the emotional impact of others not understanding uh, or being frustrated and like, you know, there's validity there. It's, I think my, <laughs> my moment of wisdom was with what, um, somebody who's very close to me and who said, I think you're making a mistake. Why are you moving cross country? And I think number one, like they may be mad about certain things. If you're making yourself vulnerable making other people vulnerable financially. So that is one thing to put on the side back burner. So I, I personally had enough in savings to say, Hey, I've saved up for this moment. I prepare for this moment. I can do this. So there was that. And then the other part, the logical support, wanting them to support me where I was, I think I had to say, look, you're my friend. You're my loved one. I love you dearly. And I want your, and your support means so much to me. I need to make, I need to give this a try. And if it doesn't work out, I'll be okay. Things will be okay. I need, I just need for you to trust in me and my skills that things will be okay at this moment. And then if something else comes up, we'll just troubleshoot it from there. But here's my plan. Here's where we're going. I really would appreciate your support in this. And so that's how I went about it. Um, whether it was the best move, you know, the most comprehensive. Yeah, I'm sure other people have other pointers, but like, I think that's what helped for me. I think that. Well, and I think that's a great, what you just verbalized, I think is a great script actually that we have, we've found generally works because when you're explaining why, when you're explaining why you need to make the change and then asking specifically for support and then even explaining that ultimately, look, it's going to be okay because of these reasons, then I think that that helps people move from point A to point Z in terms of how they're looking at it. Cause what's it kind of interesting. And I don't know if you found this too, but many times it seems like 
when you're making big life change, people are looking at it through their lens of understanding and whether or not it would be good for them. Right. Not intentionally. Like they, they have your best interest in mind, especially if there's somebody close to you, like they have absolutely have your best intentions in, in mind, but they're looking at it through their, what would be good for them. Right. Accidentally or unintentionally. That's how, how they're, that's how humans' minds work for the most part. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Of course it wouldn't, of course, <laughs> of course those big changes wouldn't be, wouldn't be good for, they're, they're not going to be good for you, Rebecca, because ultimately it's not good for me. And that's the weird, it, weird, I don't know. Have you found that? I have. Yeah. I, I found that and I found that it's not usually, it's not as much as I like have wanted it to be like a very straightforward, clear cut moment where you can say, you see, you really just want me to be here in this you imagine me in this way because you want me to, because of this one thing for you, there's never like just quite one thing. It's like an emotional process that everyone has to go through. And I think if you have, if you're trying to explain this to a lot of people, it is difficult. It's kind of exhausting having to go from conversation to conversation and saying, Hey, I know you, this is important for you. And I know you've been supporting me and this is, has been really important for me. And, you know, <laughs> it's hard. So at a certain point you have to kind of know who your main people are, who are, you know, know who your main support is, are, um, talk to those people first and then know to a certain degree it will percolate through and then know over time things get better. People, ease off, especially if, as you move on, if it works out and as it has, I mean, as I've, for me, as I've left, um, after I left DC, there are little things people have noticed, like I'm laughing more and <laughs> <laughs> my hair is blonder because I'm getting outside more and, you know, little things people have said, you know, maybe it's not so bad. Um, I think too, the idea of like dropping everything or dropping things and moving on to a different opportunity is something that's risky. And a lot of people are risk averse. They're nervous. They wouldn't have necessarily done this for themselves. So that's another, you know, there's several hurdles of how people make their own decisions. In addition to the fact that like, maybe they just wanted you there. Maybe they said, you know what, you have a great career and I've been bragging about you. And maybe I just, I, I just, always thought this was who and what you wanted and I, I, who are you anymore? So there's a little bit of that going on too. And so that there's, um, that's kind of the, the untold story along with career change. <laughs> My experience is the, how, you know, how your support system works. And I would recommend a good piece of advice that was given to me that I would recommend to others is know who's supporting you surround yourself with those people, check in with those people. Um, you need support and you, if you need their support to help you accomplish your dream or to move forward or to do anything challenging, I, whether that's lose five pounds or move across country, just have those people check in with those people every year, every so often to know that you're supported. That is amazing advice, especially just coming off of this. It's like fresh. It's hot off the press. <laughs> cause, cause you're still for all intents and purposes, kind of like just been through this yep. and just gotten off the train, if you will. So it's even, I, I forget, like I'm surrounded by this all the time and, and I've gone through this and I found these same things for myself too. And I totally making multiple career changes myself did not anticipate that 
like that emotional toll that you're talking about earlier and you mentioned where you're just having lots and lots of conversations with people and you're like not just taking the actions, but you're also explaining the actions and then you're trying to help make it easy for them to support you in, in taking these actions and all the stuff that you just never imagined would, would go along with it. Right. Uh, and I think that's part of the reason why so many people end up staying in the same place too. Cause that's, that's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard and it's risky because what's, you know, what's on the other end of the yellow brick road, right? Like, <laughs> Oh my goodness. What if the wizards mean, <laughs> You never know. You if you never take that know. leap of faith, will the brick, you know, if you leap out into the canyon, will the bridge build underneath you? Like, you know, that's that's scary. Will the other people be there to support you? I don't know. Um, you, you hope so. And it's, yeah, um, especially I think for me, I made the decision to, for where I was, I when my job ended, I didn't have anything else lined up. And I think that made other people nervous too. I think at the time I needed a little bit of, um, I was doing this cross country move. So finding a job cross country is hard enough, but like needing the clarity and the time and the space, sometimes that's, um, that is a luxury. That is really nice. I, uh, yeah, not everyone, not everyone gets that. Well, and you have to, in order to be able to do that and in order to be able to earn the right to do that in a way that can be healthy, mm-hmm. like there's a few prerequisites you have to have there. Cause I've done the same thing and I got the same reactions as I was going through it from all kinds of people. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, really? Like you just, you're just not working. Like, <laughs> yeah. At, at that point in time, yeah. like again, having that cushion, I think is, was like, that financial cushion was a way it was almost like my first line of defense to say, you know what? We're fine. I think we're going to work this out. I'm working diligently on this. Everything is paid. Everything is good. Yeah. So what's going on? Yeah. We had, um, I would also say during that time, because people are, are nervous and they project that nervousness onto you. And in addition to your own like insecurities or, you know, trying to deal with, Oh my gosh, where is this go- am I, am I able to do this? Did I make the right decision? Oh my goodness. Ah. Ah. Yeah. I would definitely, you know, the negative voices come and something I also, that was helpful for me during the coaching experience was, and something I learned along the way was that it's also very important to give yourself some grace, show yourself some grace. And I would totally recommend Elizabeth Gilbert. Love her. Love her. She has her book, Big Magic, and listening to that was actually very helpful. This idea that you have this creative muscle and you have to give a little space to breathe. And maybe during this process, finding your, I felt a great deal of pressure to find the job. Coming from this job that I was at and then moving into another job, I felt a great deal of pressure to find something that was justified as like, the bigger, better thing, right? It's, um, there's this idea of like, where's the job, the one, where's this, are you moving up in the world? And yeah. we well, just told all these people that you're going to, <laughs> you're going to make this big change. <laughs> now you gotta, you gotta own up, right? Now you gotta own up yeah. and yeah, people are depending on you and how's the job search going? How's it going? Have you found oh anything? Oh my gosh. And <laughs> stop. 
we, uh, yeah, and I finding, I think in that, uh, I learned, a, I took a note, I very much believe in like cross-pollinating ideas. And I, when Elizabeth Gilbert was talking about her, about how like don't, about artists who put so much pressure on themselves to try to create their whole career off of their art, that it kills their creative muscle. I, that resonated with me so deeply. I thought, oh my gosh, I feel the same, such similar pressure with finding the job. It's a mood, like finding this, where's your career trajectory going? Like finding, proving success. I thought this is, this is about finding what is my best fit for my skills. This is about finding the next best step in my career for me to be successful, where I will, where the average person might put in a hundred percent and get a hundred percent back, but maybe where I put in a hundred percent and I get a hundred fifty to two hundred percent back because I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. And I thought that's what that's what I'm looking for here. I so hearing that advice kind of to ease off a little bit and realize, okay, if I have to go find another job to be a bridge for the moment, that's fine. I can do that. What's most important is I focus on finding this the next best step for me. Um, and coming into a new place, uh, there was, there's a lot, especially in making a transition into like, say a new market, like I did, there's a lot of networking, a lot of meeting with people, trying to understand how they will look at your resume, understanding like what it would take to break through, um, that sort of thing is, so it does take some time and yeah, so I would definitely recommend Elizabeth Gilbert to anyone. (laughs) Yeah, and I, I have had um, several people recommend that same book in particular, mm-hmm. uh, probably about, I don't know, 10 or 15 times or so. And um, I, I'm curious for, as you went through this, as you went through this process, and as you were, you called it tr- trying to find the next trying to find the next best step for you mm-hmm. or something close to that. Mm-hmm. What, how did, how did you end up working with Lisa and what were the one or two biggest things that you ended up took, taking, taking, I'm making up words now. Wait, what's the one or two things that you took, <laughs> tooking away <laughs> that, uh, what did you end up take, uh, taking away from your interactions with Lisa about your next best thing? Because it's certainly not everybody's, right? It's, right, right. it's individualized. Yeah. Um, I, you know, working with Lisa, um, Lisa's great. Loved working with Lisa. Uh, and by the way, Lisa, we're talking about Lisa Lewis for context here. You can hear her story at happentoyourcareer.com slash 147 uh, on episode 147. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was, and she was great. Um, and I think something... So I just started, decided to start working with Lisa because having, ha, as I was diving into the boot camp on Happen to Your Career, and I was really trying to think broadly, I had this moment of thinking, okay, should I even, should I be a lawyer? What should I do? I just went, took the kind of, what color is your parachute approach, found Happen to Your Career, really started trying to dig deep and like lay a foundation. And I started working with Lisa when I got to a point of saying, okay, I'm pulling some of these things out, but it's uh, like it's some of my strengths, some of my interests, but it's murky. I'm not sure how to move forward for this. And I think 
not knowing where you want to go. Like again, some people hear the burning bush or see the burning bush. Some people don't. I did not. <laughs> and I was wondering if I'm not quite sure how to, what I'm looking for, how do I move forward? How do I develop this? How do I really, I was hoping to get that burning bush moment and I did and I thought, oh gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. So that, that's when I started, I think, feeling stuck. How do I move forward with this? That's when I called Happen to Your Career. That's when I decided it's time to reach out to a coach who can, who's impartial, who isn't like my family because they don't have a vested interest in me being in one place or another because they love me, but you know, this makes them nervous. And it's not like <laughs> other people on my network who too might see me in a particular way and then say, oh, but don't you want to do X, Y, and Z? And then also some people are just so outside of the job search game that they just haven't, you know, this is all, they have general advice, but it may not be what you need. So it was helpful working with her because she helped me think about structuring, how to structure talking with people about what I'm looking for, how, what are the next steps to move forward? And two, there are moments when I was avoiding an issue in my career search that she would, she even called me out, which was great. She can call me out and say, why do you think you're avoiding this? What are you protecting on yourself by avoiding this issue that you're not just avoiding it because you're lazy or something. That's my, my, my phrasing. She never said that. Um, but what are you trying to protect in yourself that you feel vulnerable about, which was a way that like no one had ever proposed to me before. And I thought, yeah, wow, actually, that's a really good point. And I remember I had this breakthrough moment journaling about it. And I think, too, in addition, it was helpful to have Lisa through the interviewing process because in addition to the pragmatic, like, oh, someone responded like this, how should I respond? How should I deal with some of the, you know, the basic baseline things? There was also this question of, I, I think my inherent bias having gone through trying to find a job in DC as a lawyer in 2013, where there were tons of lawyers and people kept saying like, where, you know, you felt generally kind of disposable. Um, yeah. And at that point in time, having to scrape by for a job, I had an inherent um, tendency to try to form myself into the person I thought that they were looking for for these interviews rather than presenting here's where I am. Here's what I'm looking for. I'm, I would love to work with you in the future. If the, like if this opportunity works, like I very much had this bias to try to get the job, right? Like do whatever it takes to get the job when in reality, just getting the job can lead to, a mismatch and a miscommunication expectations and assumptions between you and the employer. So the employer doesn't get what they want. You don't get what you want. There's like this, you know, there's just desperation in there. And even though I, which came through, even though I have money and or had money at the time to cover my bills, my baseline bills at that moment, but I was still just, I, that was just my inclination. And working with Lisa was helpful to, strip down extraneous and get back to being more authentic without 
without trying to preclude the opportunity, but just to be honest and say, hey, well, here's where I'm coming from. What do you think you're looking for? Which really changed the interview process for me. Um, That's a huge mindset switch. That is a massive mindset switch. Huge. And it felt really bizarre at first because I thought, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm naked in the room. (laughs) You know, just having something out there. It feels absurd at first. (laughs) It really does. I think Lisa was calling it radical authenticity in the moment. Um, And it was, it feels really bizarre because you're trying realizing like there was this one interview in particular that I thought, I, I know once I say this stuff, this thing's done. Like I know, cause I thought, you know, I'm interested in the job, but I don't know for how long I would be interested given like what this position is. I don't think I'd want to stay too terribly long Yeah, cause I would outgrow it pretty quickly. And they, I think have the same concern. And I thought, oh, but this would be like my foot in the door, at least get in the office. But there are just so few opportunities. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure. And so talking to Lisa about it, it was, I practiced it and then went into the interview and then actually said, I would, we practiced a line to get ready for it. And once I gave my line of, you know, I'll be ready. I think I would be interested in growing from this experience and to other opportunities in the office what do you think you're looking for? Or could you tell me what you're looking for exactly? It like, it's centering. It centers where your position of power is. And it feels, and when I walked out of that office, I knew I'm not going to get a call back from this, but I still felt okay with that, which is not the way I would have felt before. I felt like before, if I had gone in and not, conformed or not conformed, but like, you know, if I hadn't tried to like meet what they're looking for to try to get the job, I would have felt like I was letting myself down because I wasn't keeping my options open. But then, then again, like on this interview, I thought I'm being, I'm being honest. They deserve to find someone that they think is their best fit. I deserve to have have a job that works for me. I feel so much more comfortable with this. So it was kind of a different shift in narrative that I think I ended up paying off for a different interview. It's, it's so interesting and almost sadly not intuitive for people. Just like you, you'd said earlier, it feels, it feels odd or it feels awkward but to be radically authentic and mm-hmm. to be a bit vulnerable. It's, it's not the norm and it is a bit scary. Mm-hmm. And I would say nearly 100% of the time, it creates a better result, mm-hmm. but it is, but it is, I mean, it is super scary in some cases. And I mean, I, I don't think I really believe that until I remember one, uh, one interview actually that I went into and, uh, got there and thought I was interviewing for one position and they started talking to me about another and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, hold on. I, I'm really sorry, but I'm actually here because I'm really interested in this. And the guy told me back and he's like, you know what? We actually, we don't hire people for that position. We don't hire people for HR managers unless they have previous experience and they've been in you know some type of role for five years or whatever. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I, I don't have that, but I'm really, really interested. And he's like, well, why, why are you here then? And then, so we started talking and it opened up this dialogue and it was scary as all get out. I remember in that moment, just before thinking, 
oh crap, having those same thoughts. Should I just get my foot in the door? Like, I don't know. And then, (laughs) but they ended up offering me the position that I really actually wanted at like a $20,000 increase compared to what I would have gotten and, uh, and everything else from it. But I've seen that literally hundreds of times again and again and again, that same type of thing that you're describing, Mm -hmm. but it, but it's hard. So I am here. Here's my question for you. Looking at, looking back at all of this at this point, and you got the opportunity to work, work with Lisa. Not, not everybody gets to work with Lisa or not everybody gets to work with our coaches and everything like that. But what advice would you give people as they're thinking about making this change? Maybe they're back Mm -hmm. in, maybe they're back in the place where they're feeling that little itch and they're starting to have some of those moments where, I don't know, they snap at somebody and and realize that their work is impacting their life in ways that they didn't anticipate. Right. What advice would you give them if they're kind of on the, on the beginning portion of that journey? Right. Um, If they're on the beginning portion, I say you owe it to yourself just to give it some time, give it, see what you think, see what, like go try something, um, Go look into like, see what your options are, or even go talk to somebody who reach out to someone, talk to friends, say, Hey, you know, he does this sort of thing. I think it's interesting. And maybe meet up for coffee because a five minute conversation or even 15 minute conversation because people are busy, right? Like if it lasts for an hour, great. If it lasts for five minutes, great. Um, saying, hi, I think what you do is amazing. I'm trying to figure out what it, what it means to do your, I'm really curious what it means to be to your job. Um, I would say it's worth it. It's no pressure. That's how, and if it works out, that's how most people find their jobs anyways. Um, it's, and if you're in that moment and thinking, okay, there's nothing, geez, I'm so entrenched in where I am. Like moving is really just, um, moving to a different opportunity is kind of a joke. (laughs) I would say maybe you're right. You're you, there's a chance that you're a good chance that you're probably wrong unless you're in an extremely niche field because skills always skills are transferable. And if you're in that moment where you're realizing this is something that's really hitting me hard and hitting like impacting those around me right like it's when it it goes beyond just you and starts impacting those around you like you may be having that impact on those around you it's worth it's worth say trying the boot camp um stuff maybe doing a strength finders analysis doing something to just get a different perspective take a breather um and realize that If there are those people in your life who say you get your job and you stick to it, and that's the one thing that you do, um, because I haven't gotten that advice as well, you, that's not the world we live in. It's more a game of rather than like plant your roots and see how deep they go, it feels a little bit more like a game of shoots and ladders. So it's just a matter (laughs) of where you, I love that, where you can, where you shift. Um, and ultimately, like if people are telling you, you've got the dream, um, but it's something doesn't feel right. That's fine. That's fine. Trust that. 
And if people are angry, they'll come around. Especially if you're like, you know that it's wrong. You're going to make yourself happy. It's going to make everyone else happy. Right? Like, do do the right thing. At least look into it. That's amazing advice. Hot, hot off the press. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, I've found too that zero things in life that are worth doing are, uh, that are big changes in any way are going to be just incredibly easy. Like very, 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 very few are going to fall into that incredibly easy category. Uh, and I would say very close to zero, if not zero. And uh, anytime you're making big changes, there's always going to be somebody that disagrees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> Rebecca, thank you so very much for making the time and, and taking the time. This is this has been super fun for me because you and I got to talk way back when as you were on the outset looking at making this change. And then uh, now we get to talk and uh, Lisa's been keeping me up to date throughout the middle, but I didn't get all the I didn't get all the juicy details. So this is super fun for me to get to find out a lot of this stuff after the fact. So congratulations again, by the way. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Happen to Your Career podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And I appreciate you. And guess what? We've got plenty more coming up next week right here on Happen to Your Career. So take a listen to what we've got in store for you next week on the Happen to Your Career podcast. And so I started what I thought was going to be a side communications consulting business. And it was a spectacular failure, like total waste of my money and my time because I was not equipped the tools, resources, coaching, et cetera, to be able to know how to have conversations with prospective clients, how to do market research, how to package up and price my services, how to talk to people who were legitimate prospects. That's right. All that and plenty more next week. It's here on Happen to Your Career. I will see you next week. When the episode releases on Monday. All right. I am out. Adios. Mm-hmm.